Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including house churches, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. It was in 2008 that I actually first got to come here to Salem Alliance quite a while ago, and John Stumbo was the pastor at the time, and he invited me to be a guest speaker. I was ministering in the Middle East in those days, and we were establishing these community centers there, and he said, come and and speak, and I did. I said, well, what do you want me to talk about? He said, I want you to talk about the power of community. I want you to cast vision of these community centers, because we're trying to cast vision for Broadway Commons, which wasn't a reality yet. It was just in the early stages of visionary casting and and preach about the kingdom of God and the kingdom's advance. And as you're going to see here, I'm pretty passionate about preaching on the kingdom of God. There's nothing I'd rather talk about than the advance of the kingdom of God. In fact, what else is there to talk about than the advance of the kingdom of God? And we are in our third week of this series where we're talking about the kingdom of God. It's called the Jesus stuff. And we're, we're talking about the mercy of the kingdom, the miracles of the kingdom. And today we're going to look at what it means to proclaim the message of the kingdom. So what is the message of the kingdom? It's the question we're looking to answer today, this gospel, this good news, and then how do we share that with our city? King David begins to give us some insights into what this kingdom will look like once the Messiah comes when he writes in 1 Chronicles, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power The glory, the victory, and the majesty, everything in the heavens and the earth is yours. Oh, Lord, this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. I love this Old Testament definition of the kingdom. And church, Jesus adds to that. He doesn't make it the easiest concept to grasp, but it's important that we do grab it. He tells these parables about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He says it's like a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds that has the potential to grow up and become the mightiest of all trees. He compares it to yeast and how yeast permeates the dough and affects a large setting. He he compares it to a hidden treasure that you would sell anything to discover, to find, and to value. Throughout scripture, Christ describes the kingdom as something that we are to seek first above all things, that it's something that we can enter into. It's at hand. It has come near. We're to pray and fast for it to come the way it has in heaven. It's a secret that can be made known to you. It's something you can belong to. It's within you. It's good news that can be actually proclaimed. It is something that no one can see unless they are born again. It's both a present reality, and yet he speaks of it as something that will come in the future at an appointed time. Super clear, right? It's not super clear. It's a concept that is complex because it is living. It is advancing. It is a movement. But church, we have to be able to explain this message to our world. Here is, in my mind, the simplest definition of the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom is the announcement that the rule and reign of God is here. The gospel of the kingdom is the announcement that the rule and reign of God has invaded the earth. It is here. Church, that's the good news. 
This is why Christ tells us to pray and fast. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven, the world was intended to be this way. It's invading earth, getting the hell out of her. This is why Jesus commissions the 12. This is why Jesus commissions the 72 to go and heal the sick, to deliver those who are under oppression, and to preach that the kingdom of God has come. It is here. It has begun. Jesus is restoring everything. Humankind is encountering the king of kings. His grace, his salvation, all of creation is being restored. And church, this is what we're talking about today. And I hope that my excitement becomes your excitement because truly getting this is what will bring peace to our city. So today we're going to look at some of the misconceptions, maybe some of the distractions that keep us from fully realizing and proclaiming the full vision, the full picture of the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to look at our calling as messengers, as ambassadors that get to proclaim this thing. And so let's pray. Spirit, come. I pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds to receive from you. Spirit, we invite your conviction. We invite your challenge. We invite you into this place. Impart to us our mission for this city. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I grew up playing a lot of baseball. Uh, I played in middle school. I played in high school. I got to play in college. I never got to play in the minor leagues. Wasn't that good. Those of you, I know some of you are judging me. You're like, baseball, really? You're starting to fall asleep just by hearing the word of America's past. I forgive you for your ignorance about the beauty of the game of baseball. America's pastime. Here's the deal. The way the minor leagues work is if you're good enough, you get to go to the minor leagues. It's called the farm system. It's what you do to prepare to be in the majors. And it starts off in single-A baseball. It's kind of like the base level. That's what we get here in Salem. Volcano Stadium often has single-A games going on, right? If you're good enough at single-A, you get the call up. You get called up to double-A. It's a little bit more competitive. You travel a little further. Pitchers are thrown a little harder. It's a little more intense. And if you do well there, you get called up to triple-A. And triple-A is where you want to be because triple-A is where you might get the call that you can go play with the Mariners or, if you're lucky, the Red Sox, right? And so you're waiting for that call. And today, I want to take us on a little a journey. I want to look at this, this farm system of, of baseball as kind of analogy of how the progression of understanding the fullness of the kingdom of God for us as a church might be. And it starts with single A ball. It's good. It's good. And single A ball is where the acceptance happens, it's where the acceptance happens. The message of the kingdom is an invitation to be accepted. It's an invitation to be accepted. I don't know about you. I grew up, I grew up in the church. And I grew up hearing about how we have to share our faith. And I was given this instrument, this tool to share my faith. ABCs, the ABCs of salvation. Easy as one, two, three, right? ABC, admit, believe, confess. Admit that you are a sinner in need of a savior. You have a need for personal salvation. That because of the sin that entered this world, you do not have access to the king of kings. But it's okay because if you believe that because of Jesus' shed blood and death and resurrection on the cross, that that was for you, that his grace is there, that he has now made a way that you can enter into his presence and you can become a child of the king. You can become a Christian and you must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. The ABCs of salvation, many of you are familiar of these. We talk about it. We share it often, and that's a good thing. Acceptance of Christ as ruler, savior, rescuer in our lives is really important. But church, may I gently say 
that this alone is not the full gospel of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom is not simply a message of just personal salvation. Stay with me here, because I, I think some of you, you're ready to argue, you're ready to send me an email, but I think for us to truly understand, to live out and proclaim the full message of the kingdom of God, we might need to unlearn some things. This idea that the definition of what the gospel is is simply a message of personal salvation. Church, I believe it's more than that. I believe it is more than that. And I believe that maybe the church has just put a little bit too much focus on that. I don't think we can put enough focus on it, but I think at times we just focus on that and say that is enough, that's it. I believe that we've made it the whole pie. We've made it the whole pie. This is what we're selling when actually it's, it's maybe just a slice, an important and a big slice, or even better, it's actually the crust. It's the foundation that the rest of the message is built on. And I wonder if there are times where, where we have just pushed that so far. The acceptance, the intellectual agreement, it's the starting point. It's the foundation we build on, but we can't stop here. It's single A ball. It's good. We're glad you're there. It's important. I can't stress it's important. Yet, church, I believe many of us get stuck here. You see, the decision is made at the bedside, or the ribbon is nailed into the cross, and we assume we are good, and we stop building, but we can't stop building. What happens for many is this, this strange mindset that once I've accepted Jesus, and I add to that a biblical hope of heaven, which is also so good and so important, I think that maybe we think we've arrived. And what happens is then we move into this new mindset. I'm good. Now it's about perseverance. Now it's about purity. Now it's about staying strong because that world is difficult. That world should be feared. And it's not about the fullness. It creates an isolation. It creates a fear. We want to find community that looks like us, that thinks like us, that will keep us safe and persevere to the end. And the truth is that I believe many of us have bought into this idea that the fullness of the gospel of the kingdom is an intellectual acceptance of what Christ has done, added to it a hope for heaven. But I believe that's settling. I believe that single A ball, I believe that's just a crust of the pie with maybe some cheap Cool Whip on top. And there's more. There is more for us, church. I love what the theologian Alan Mitseo Wakabayashi says. He says, when understood in the context of the good news of the kingdom of God, it becomes clear that Jesus' death was not just to get individuals to heaven. Church, do we, we understand that? It was to fix an entire creation that had been distorted with the fall. And this is not a new problem. This is not a problem that is just limited to us and our culture in this day and age. This has been around for years. In fact, in the days leading up to the coming of the Messiah, there was a group in Palestine called the Essenes. And the Essenes were an incredible people. There was so much good that came from them. They're the ones that preserved the Dead Sea Scrolls for us. They had a high understanding of Scripture. They understood community really, really well. They had a high view of holiness. They respected the Sabbath with incredible stuff. They took vows of poverty. They owned nothing. They were an incredible community except that they feared the culture around them and they neglected those in darkness. In church, we aren't to abandon our culture. We are called to be a city on a hill, to engage, not isolate. Hear me clearly, it's by faith that we are saved. But we need a more complete picture of the gospel of the kingdom so that we are proclaiming something that is, we're living out in its fullness. 
We don't lose the importance of the decision. We don't lose the importance of preaching a message of salvation. The ABCs need to be there. Acceptance of Jesus as rescuer, Messiah, and Savior are important, as is that incredible hope of heaven that we hold on to. Church, contemplate eternity every day. But the message of the kingdom is bigger, and it's more dynamic than that. And so if you're stuck there, there's a promotion for you today, a promotion to double A ball. And it comes when that acceptance turns into allegiance. Acceptance of the message demands allegiance to the king. Church, the gospel of the kingdom is the announcement that the rule and reign of the king is here. God has invaded the earth again. The awaited king has arrived. The kingdom has been inaugurated. Church, on that Palm Sunday, he rides in, not on a war horse, but on a colt. He comes in, and his enthronement is his crucifixion. The crown of thorns is put on him, and the sign says king of the Jews, and it's there to mock him, but he is becoming king. And with his death and resurrection, the kingdom is inaugurated, and Jesus Christ establishes it. Amen? May we not only call him father, but king. Church, while acceptance is a really big deal, allegiance is on a whole different level. I'll never forget, we had been living in the Middle East for years, and we came back to the U.S. just for, for a season. My father had passed, and we were living with my mom in New York, and we had to enroll our kids in American public school. This is going to be fun. So we put them in school. I remember they're returning on the bus the first day. We wait from the bus stop. We get in, and we are starting to debrief. How was the first day of school? How was it? Did you have fun? And they're all, their smiles, they did great. But then we're sitting down, and one of them's like, what in the world is cursive? Oh, man, we forgot to tell you about that. I didn't know they still do that. I thought maybe they replaced that by typing. I don't know what's up. Another one of the kids said, oh, my goodness. They do this thing in America where you got to stand next to your desk, put your hand on your heart, and you pledge allegiance to a flag. And I was like, oh, we forgot to tell you about that, too. And I remember one of my kids looking at me, total seriousness. Don't worry, Dad. I didn't say it. And we began to explain to him why that's part of our culture. But, but you see, my kids had learned that allegiance was a big deal. And they weren't going to take it lightly without talking to mom and dad first. Church, allegiance is a big deal. Allegiance is submission, service, representation. Let me say that again. Allegiance is service, submission, Representation. Did you catch that last word? Representation. We are representatives of the King of Kings here on earth. First Peter 2.9 makes this clear. For we are a chosen people. We are royal priests, a holy nation. We are God's very own possession. And as a result, we get to show others the goodness of God. For he has called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Amen. We are royal representatives of the king. If your allegiance is to Christ Jesus, that means that you are a prince. That means that you are a princess, which that comes with responsibility to represent him well, to expand the kingdom here on earth. Our allegiance demands that. Taking that seriously, being a representative means that allegiance to the king must translate into action. And when it translates into action, the phone rings and we go to triple A. We get called up to AAA because allegiance to the king leads to action. It's a call to action, but not the action that many of us might imagine. You see, in many cultures throughout history, a call to action has been synonymous with take by force. 
whether politically or militarily, and church history is filled with sad attempts to bring the kingdom of God's advance in this way. To hijack the message for a battle cry or an action to bear arms, to force conversion, to force morality or create a a, a demanded way of thinking. This is true in our day and age, and it was true just in the time of the Essenes because there was another group on the opposite extreme, the Zealots. And many of you are familiar with the Zealots. Simon was one of them. The Zealots, um, they didn't isolate. They took a very different form. They were also a group in Palestine. They, like many of us, really wanted to see the kingdom advance. They wanted to force it to happen. They wanted to take a shortcut. They wanted to create a kingdom advance on their terms. They wanted to violently take over, to end the Roman occupation, and they weren't alone. Many Jews that were awaiting the Messiah missed the coming of Jesus and his inauguration as king because they so badly wanted a political kingdom, a rule where their beliefs, their comforts came first, an avenue in which they could institute what they wanted through power, their ideals, their morals, their traditions onto the population. Church, zeal is good, but it can be misplaced. The temptation is there for even us to force God's advance in our city. We're called to preach the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of our current nation. We lose credibility when we focus on earthly kingdoms. You see, the message of the kingdom, this call to action, looked different than maybe the Essenes thought it would. This call to action looked different than the Zealots thought it would look. What did it look like? The Sermon on the Mount gives us the answer. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is telling his followers what a kingdom representative should look like. Here's just a portion of it. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And Jesus doesn't stop. He goes on and he invites us to be salt and light. He invites us and commands us to be a city on a hill. He turns us to, tells us to turn the other cheek when we are under attack. He tells us to care for the poor. He tells us to pray and to fast that the kingdom of God will come here on earth as it is in heaven. He commands us to do to others as we would want done to us. And he tells us to take action to bear fruit. This is the message of the kingdom in church. When we are promoted to triple A, we become image bearers. We get commissioned to bring peace to our city to play a role in making things right. Not by sending in the tanks, not by fighting for specific political wins, but through us taking the path of Christ, bringing peace to our city, imaging Jesus, just demonstrating meekness, mercy, and the miraculous with a passion for justice. These are the kingdom makers that God uses. Church, this is the rest of the pie. 
with Tillamook vanilla on top of it. This is it in its fullness. And it is good. And it is powerful. And it can change our city. It is in our action that we get to do the Jesus stuff. It's in our action that we get to show mercy of the big-hearted, kind-hearted, tender-hearted rescuer Jesus. It is in our action that we get to pray for the miraculous. It is in our action that our passion for justice is released. In the meekness of Jesus is demonstrated to our friends. Here around Sam Alliance, we have this common language called show and tell. And when we're doing both show and tell, we're offering the whole pie. We're offering the fullness of the kingdom message. Matthew 25 gives us an idea of what it means to show the kingdom. Christ says, the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Who's blessed? He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Our allegiance leads to actions like this. In church, we do that here. We've been doing it for 100 years. Our church was known as the repair shop in those early years because so much healing was happening and it hasn't stopped. We praise God for that. Church, we're doing this in our work with refugees through Sparrow Furniture and our partnership with Salem for Refugees. Our work with Salem Free Clinics is an example of this perfectly done. Roars, getting firewood to those in need who need to heat their house. And the list could go on and on and on. It is the message of the kingdom being shown in its fullness. But we don't stop there because, church, we also tell. We proclaim who he is and what he has done. We share the ABCs of salvation with those in our sphere of influence. We don't stop with show and just emulate his ideas. We declare who he is because it's his name that changes things. Jesus makes it clear it is him. He says, I am the one you are looking for. Jesus says, you're hungry? I am the bread of life. You're thirsty? I am the living water. You're in darkness? I am the light of the world. You're in need of a source of power? I am the true vine. You need access to the door? I am the door. You need care? I am the good shepherd. We speak his name, church, his saving grace, his rescue. We tell what he has done in our lives. We testify to his goodness, and we put his name into our conversations because we tell. I believe it was the Bishop N.T. Wright that said, we get to reflect the power and the love of God into our world, into our city, and then we reflect the praises of the world back to God. Church, we reflect both in our actions and in our words of truth. Because church, the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. It is moving. It is living. It is advancing. And we, church, are the mobile temples that get to take the peace, the power, and the presence of Christ everywhere we walk. This is the good news. And we get to share it. Let me end by giving you two ways that I want to encourage you to engage with this this week. The first is this. Can I encourage you to carve out 20 minutes this week and read the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew 6, Matthew uh, 5, 6, and 7. Read it and ask yourself this question. 
as an ambassador, as a messenger of the kingdom, is this the job description that I've adopted? Am I a city on the hill or have I taken the path of isolation and hold on until Christ returns? Or if I'm engaging, is my zeal misplaced in any way? Am I demonstrating the way of the cross, the meekness, the mercy, the miraculous? And as you read the Sermon on the Mount, spend some extra time in this, Jesus says, this is then is how you should pray. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Church, begin to declare that in the city. Begin to declare that as you bike, walk, and drive through our city. Begin to fast and pray that over our city. And as you travel in the city, release the peace of the kingdom with your declarative prayers, praying his peace, his order into our city of chaos. Second thing I want to encourage you to do is to offer the whole pie. Stop offering just the crust. Offer the whole pie. Yes, share the ABCs with the people around you. Ask for Holy Spirit to come as convictor and show them their need for a savior. Ask Spirit to call them to repentance and declare to them the good news that there is a God that sees them and a path has been made. And don't stop there. Disciple them in to be kingdom advancers, ambassadors. Demonstrate mercy. Pray for the miraculous. Join them as we fight the injustices of our city, but offer the whole pie. Church, we're invited to be part of the kingdom advance, to live out the future reality of heaven, to be the preview for our city of what will one day be realized in perfect fullness. Church, this is our invitation. And so as the worship team comes on out, can I just encourage you during this last song? Some of you, you're actually not even in the game. You're not even playing single A ball because you haven't even accepted the message of Christ and something might be stirring. And can I encourage you during this next song, would you come to the cross? We have people that are ready to pray for you. And some of you, you've made that acceptance, but you're living in some ways the way the Essenes are, and you're just kind of isolating, and you're just getting by, and, and it's okay, it's good, we're glad, but there's more for you, and it starts with allegiance. And so as we go into worship, would you just declare your allegiance to him? Would you ask him for ways that he's calling you to take action? And church, can we collectively bring new levels of peace to our city? And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.